Welcome to the Legacy Nashville podcast. We are so grateful that you've taken the time out of your day or night to tune in. We pray that this message encourages you to love God, love people, and change the world. Now, let's get to the message. So I want to dive a little bit deeper into this lifestyle of worship. And I want to share with you a message that I've entitled, Theology for Spontaneity. All right, so it is Theology for Spontaneity. And I'm going to talk a little bit today about spontaneous worship. I don't know how excited you guys are for this. You might be thinking, I'm a little nervous about this. Where are you going to go? What are you going to get yourself into? Because uh, you might be thinking that spontaneous worship is just a style, but spontaneous worship presence, people, is actually biblical. All right? So let's give some theology today uh, for the worship of spontaneous worship. All right? So let's pray, and we're going to jump right in. Lord, we say thank you for the privilege to worship you. Thank you for the honor to come before your throne of grace, boldly knowing that we are accepted, not on the basis of our own performance or behavior, but on the basis of your, the blood of your son, Jesus. Man, that feels great. Woo. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that covers every sin, that scatters it as far as the east is from the west, that we can approach the throne of grace boldly today, knowing that we've been accepted by the blood of Jesus. Lord, we ask today that you would open our spirits wide to receive the full seed of everything that you have to pour into us, both individually and corporately as a family. Lord, may spontaneous songs of worship that delight your heart emerge from this family like never before. Lord, we ask that you would perfect in us what it looks like to be a worshiper that you're looking for. I, I just ask as we're kicking off here, church, that you just agree with these prayers. Uh, that we ask, Jesus, that you would forge in us whatever heart you desire to make us acceptable worshipers in the sight of the fullness of heaven. Lord, we want that when legacy begins to worship, all of heaven turns its ear, Lord. We want that when we begin to worship, that we catch the attention of the Holy Spirit. We want that when we begin to worship, demons have to flee, that darkness has to scatter, that light shows up, that supernatural healing signs and wonders start to take place in people's body, where cancer has to flee, where leukemia is not welcome, where insomnia gets cast out, where depression and anxiety can no longer live. Lord, we're asking for a tangible atmosphere of the presence of God in this place, and we will settle for nothing less in Jesus' name. Forge us in the fire to become acceptable worshipers before your throne, God. Lord, I ask this in Jesus' mighty name. We want to become the type of presence people that you desire. Not that culture is looking for, uh, who cares about the style. Lord, we just want whatever it is that you want. We want to delight your heart in Jesus' name, we pray. And if you agree, presence people, just say amen. Amen, amen and amen. Well, I appreciate you agreeing with me there as I pray. I, I was looking for some agreement. Yeah, I think one of the greatest things to do whenever we're praying together is just say yes and amen. You know, just yes and amen. Make it, make it so, Lord. Make it so. Because we want to be a presence people. Amen, church? Um, I know right now, like, we're in the midst of a season of worship music where it's almost culturally cool to sing spontaneous songs and to have a style of worship that looks and feels spontaneous and that is very... Uh, dare I say, radical or seemingly unplanned or a, a type of worship that's just holy chaos. You know what I'm talking about? Like it's appealing. Everybody's trying to replicate it. Uh, but it's not about a style, church family. It is not about a genre. It, it's not about being relevant. Here's what it's about. It's about being biblical and it's about being relational. All right. The way we worship is not because we're extroverts. 
We worship the way we worship because we want to be biblical. We want to take the scripture, we want to look at God's truth, and we want to say, how can my lifestyle match the way in which worship goes down in the Bible? I'm trying to worship biblical. It's not about being an extrovert. It's not about having a particular personality. It's about sticking as close as we possibly can as a church to God's word. All right, that's how we want to worship, guys. It doesn't matter what's popular. It doesn't matter what's on billboard. It doesn't matter what gets subscribers. It doesn't matter what gets streams. It doesn't matter what gets downloads. It doesn't matter what makes money. The question we're asking ourselves here, Legacy Presence people, is what delights the heart of Jesus? That's how we're going to worship. And if God wants to switch the style up and we go old school and start playing harps in here, we're going to do that. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. If, if he is delighted by it, that's the worship genre I'd like to fit into. Amen? We want to be relational worshipers. And you've probably noticed that, um, that you're a part of a charismatic church. <laughs> and, and I don't mean that in like a denominational sense. But I do mean that from the standpoint of we got a lot of energy in here. We sing loud. Have you guys noticed that? We are demonstrative. I'll also say this. We are emotional when we worship. You know, because our love demands that. We're not just coming in here to do um, a formula or to have church in a formulaic way. We are coming in here to express our love to the one that we are in intimate fellowship with. We are not worshiping a distant deity. We're not worshiping a vibe. We're not coming in here to feel good energy. That's not why we're here, y'all. We are here to have intimate relationship with a person, and his name is Jesus. Amen? And so in this process, though, I think what we're seeing happen right now is spontaneous worship is, is like becoming a popular genre. Have you guys noticed that? Have you noticed, like, if you're on Spotify or whatever, like, you're checking songs, and there's, like, parentheses, spontaneous. Have you guys noticed that? And I I think there's a reason for that, and it's a bit of a bummer for me to see people trying to mimic the style for the sake of streams. I mean, that's just just kind of what happens, right? It's just kind of what happens. But spontaneous worship, in my opinion, is... Really powerful and really appealing for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think we're seeing a revelation take place in the body of Christ amongst worship leaders that God desires more than our set list. God wants more than our formulas. He wants our feelings. True worship is never inexpressive. It's never inexpressive. It's it's real. It's raw sometimes. It's authentic. It's emotional sometimes. It's demonstrative sometimes. You know, that's, that's real. You know, I don't think we're really worshiping until we forget that we are. Just worshiping. I think that's one of the reasons why spontaneous worship, if you will, has become so popularized. But I also think on the flip side, I, I think that the people of God are being drawn into a more relational way of worshiping Jesus. And sometimes you just can't stick to the script to give God what you know he wants in the moment. Sometimes the scripted song just won't do. Sometimes the set list just won't work. Sometimes that same old song that you've been singing for years, it just won't bring the same measure of delight to his heart. So you say, look, man, I love that Hillsong song, you know, that's amazing. I love that Bethel music song, that's amazing. But I can tell in this moment right here, God's not looking for any other songs. He's just looking for my heart. He's looking for me to lift up my voice, you see. So there is something that's happening right now where I think worship is becoming so relational to the church and it's a beautiful thing. Um, So how many of you guys are familiar with spontaneous worship? Most of you guys, if you grew, if you grew up, I grew up Pentecostal and, you know, so spontaneous worship was kind of a thing. Now it's been more popularized. Um, if you grew up in a denomination that, you know, maybe they did one song and that was it. 
probably never heard any spontaneous worship. That's okay. But listen, we as presence people, uh, we want to develop a theology for why we do what we do. And I want to say, it's not that we're going hunting to prove what we do is right. We simply want to change and adapt our style of worship to that what God says is right through his word. So if we're doing all the spontaneous stuff stuff for the sake of a style, we might as well get rid of it. Might as well get rid of it. But if the Bible has something to say about it, church, let's lean into it. Okay. So if you've never seen spontaneous worship, I, I pulled a clip. I mean... If you've never seen spontaneous worship, you missed worship today. So uh, you just arrived. You literally just got here, okay? Uh, so, uh, but, but today you saw a beautiful moment of spontaneous worship, amen? Right? Um, hell didn't know that he was no. Hey, that's it, that's it. That's it, that, that's spontaneous worship right there. And you could sense the shift in the atmosphere when we brought in the new song, Amen? Okay, so I pulled this clip. It's one of my favorites. I think it has like so many millions of streams on YouTube. And there's a reason for that. People are like just stuck on it. I'm probably like one million of the streams. And I, I just rewind, like I'm just rewinding 60 seconds, right? Because this is just such a beautiful moment. It's from Bethel, our friends at Bethel Church in Reading. You're going to see Pastor Bill Johnson. And he's like going to jokingly like say, if I could sing, he doesn't say like, this. if I could sing, I'd, I'd sing it like this. And then you're going to see Stephanie Gretzinger, who's going to be at our Presence People Conference. She's leading worship on the Saturday morning. Um, Then she's just going to sing a spontaneous phrase. All right? And she'll connect it to um, a a well-known song, but she's going to sing a spontaneous phrase. So I just want you to get a picture of a spontaneous moment in worship. You guys cool with it? All right, let's watch it. It's about one minute. So that is a, that's a really cool spontaneous moment. Would you guys agree? So powerful. And you can even feel like the shift in the atmosphere. Like if you watch it back a couple of times, you'll even see like they have no idea what's about to happen. And it's not about Steph's talent. You have to understand like that, that matters. It matters. It matters. Somebody grabbed me off to the side a moment, uh, in between the two services, and they were like, hey, I heard this teaching one time that, uh, that the Levites in the temple had to go through seven years of training in order to be able to minister in the temple, which would make sense to me considering the fact that David said, let the skilled musicians play, play before the Lord. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to be a professional in order to worship, but there is also something to be said about preparation in leadership. Okay? So, all of that being said, you can even watch... As like, they don't know what's about to happen. And then whenever she begins to sing a new song, everybody say new song. song. A new song, that's what the Bible calls it. Then you'll watch, like Jeremy Riddle, who, you know, he's a worship leader. He's like, he just puts his guitar down. He's like, dude, we're, we're in no man's land now. Like, there's no map for where we are, right? And it's like, and you see the whole room, that whole atmosphere shifts and people are responding uniquely to the presence of God. And that is the power that is packed into spontaneous worship moments. It's not that we have some calculation and we know how to manufacture those things because spontaneous moments are not just emotional, they are spiritual, all right? 
So here's what spontaneous moments or spontaneous songs are in accordance to the Bible, okay? The Bible simply defines spontaneous songs as new songs. Everybody say, new songs. So whenever you look and you read in the scripture about new songs, here's what the Bible is referring to. A spontaneous song. Okay? Anytime you see in the scripture a new song, the Bible is referring to a spontaneous song. It's an organic song. It's a song that's never been sang before. It's not written anywhere. It has no CCLI number. All right, for those of you guys that know what that is, it's that little thing that shows up on the bottom of the screen whenever, uh, you know, we're singing worship songs in a set list on Sunday morning. Uh, But spontaneous songs, as defined by the Bible, are just called new songs. And Psalm chapter 40, verse 3 says this, He put a new song, everybody say new song, in my mouth. Right? He's put a new song, a spontaneous song, in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Now, I want to say this, that this is my opinion. Okay, it's my opinion. But I believe that the new song or the spontaneous song is the song that God actually enjoys the most. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to prove that to you over the next few minutes. But this is just my opinion. I believe that the new song is the song that God actually desires the most from you. He wants to hear your song that you sing out to him. And the new song is a song that every single believer both can and should sing. It is a necessary part of both our corporate worship gatherings on Sunday or whenever, as well as our individual devotion that we should practice regularly singing new and spontaneous songs to the Lord in adoration. And in the new song, there is real, raw, authentic, genuine, supernatural power in new songs. That's why they come off different. That's why, as we say, they hit different, right? It's because your spirit is sensing something different than what you know to be the norm. You're seeing an organic, authentic, power-packed moment that is flowing through what the Bible calls a new song. Ask your neighbor, say, are you singing a new song? Come on, are you singing those new songs? Because, you, you know, it's important that you do. Here's why. Because God desires your new songs. He wants your new songs. Um, in the scripture, we see that the Bible tells us, God instructs us to sing our new songs, right? Look at Isaiah chapter 42, verse 10. It says, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing his praise from the end of the earth. There's just moments, man, when God's like, hey, I want that new song. I want that raw, that real, that organic, that authentic song that could only come from you. I've heard, so, I've heard the songs of other people. I just want you to come in to my presence and I want you to bring your new song. In the Bible, the definition of the word new in these passages means something fresh, something authentic, something original, something that's never been heard before. And all Christians are capable of singing a new song to God. And I know sometimes people are like, well, not me, because I don't sing well. Hello, have you ever heard me sing before? Like, you do not need to be that good to bring a new song to the... Don't agree, Brian. To bring a new song to the Lord. A joyful noise does not need to be auto-tuned. It doesn't. Listen, it, it doesn't even say a joyful song. It says a joyful noise. It doesn't even say a joyful word. It says a joyful noise. And if you've ever been like deep in that place of prayer, sometimes all you have is noises. You ain't even got words. You ain't even got lyrics. You ain't even got songs. You ain't even got a melody. All you have is a noise. I'm telling you, that's true. And right, that's the groan, that moan. Like, what is that, man? That's a joyful noise. 
Don't be judging me, man. That's what's in my heart right now. That's authentic. That's organic. I'm bringing to the Lord what's actually happening in me. I ain't sugarcoating it for you. I ain't pretending for you over there. I am worshiping my God, so you better get out of my way. Oh, you know, sometimes that's what it is. Sometimes that's all you got. Anybody in here, you ever been there before? Like, man, I don't know. This is weird, but this is what I got for you today, Lord. You know, sometimes you'll, you know, you'll start singing words you never sang before. Sometimes you'll think, okay, well, this song seems basic, but for some reason it's got the sauce on it today. Why? Because the Lord is taking delight in your new song. Why? Because you're being honest before him. You're not holding things back. You're not hiding behind a set list. You're not hiding behind something like, oh, this is just karaoke to the Lord. That's not what we're doing. It's a real, raw, honest song. What do you want to sing to God? If you really sang to the Lord how you actually feel today, what would the lyrics of your song be? If we're honest, a lot of times it would look more like scripture than the songs we sing today. I mean, if we're honest, like read through the Psalms, look at David. He's pouring out his complaints to the Lord in Psalm. He's like, I hate this day, God. It's terrible. It's the way he puts it to a guitar. That's how, that's Kentucky language, a guitar. Sorry. I sing my new songs with some country twang and God likes it. Because it's not about a genre, it's about honesty. It's about authenticity. And we are all supposed to be a kingdom musician. Tell your neighbor, say, you're a musician. It's true. We're all supposed to be a kingdom musician. Now look, look at the definition of musician. Musicians, according to the Webster's Dictionary, are simply people that compose and perform music. Welcome to Nashville. You are all musicians, okay? Don't let anybody lie to you that just because you have not yet signed a record deal that you are not a qualified musician. God qualifies you as a holy musician because you're a priest. Oh, that's a word for somebody in here right now. I know it is. And singing to the Lord spontaneously is what? It is both singing and composition. You're both singing and composing. And, and, and listen, I, I know, I don't sing well. I don't want to sing out loud. I don't want anybody to hear me. Listen, God is not inspecting the tone of your song. He's not. He's not. Harmony's off. I, that's, you know how uh, the Bible says that man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. See, for us, we might be thinking, I can't worship to this. They're out of key. But that's never God's problem. Because he's not inspecting the tone. Oh, they missed it right there. See, I don't, even, I don't even know what I'm talking about when it comes to worship. I don't have a clue. Uh, the other day, I was like, what's the gang signs you guys throw up here? Like, what is all that? I, teach me one of those because I want to do it. And what was it, the one? That's what Brian said, just go do, is that what you said, Eggers? Just do the one. I don't even know what it means, but I want to do it. Here, I tell the worship team all the time, listen, I don't always know what's right. I don't always know what's good, but I do recognize the oil. I, I usually know what's anointed because it has a certain fragrance to it. And it just smells a bit like authenticity. And oftentimes it feels like brokenness. It's like, man, so what, this is my really real, the real, real of what's happening in me right now. And I'm bringing it to you, Lord, as an offering. And this right here, it costs me something because I'm being honest in front of a whole bunch of people. But I don't care because you're worthy of it. So I'm going to give it to you. And people might judge me, but I don't care because I'm worshiping you. I came to church to worship Jesus. I ain't worshiping these people. I'm not worried about impressing all these other people. I'm coming here to delight you, Lord. So you may not like it. And you can expect my tone if you want to, but I am going to worship God in vulnerability. Jesus, he's not inspecting your tone. He's inspecting your heart. 
Listen, the true genesis of worship happens here. This is where worship starts, right here. It doesn't start with this. It doesn't. It, do, it doesn't start with an instrument. True worship doesn't start with an instrument unless you're going to consider your heart as the primary instrument of your song. True worship starts right here. I'm coming to the Lord right now. And I'm going to bring him all of the glory that I can because he's worthy of it and he's the only one worthy of it. And so I'm bringing it all to him. That right there, that's the genesis of pure worship is, is the heart of the worshiper, not the tone of the worshiper. It doesn't matter if you're great. It doesn't matter if you're gifted. It doesn't matter if you're talented. That might matter for leadership roles, but it does not matter in the prayer closet. That's what's most important anyway. To be honest with you guys, like we have so many gifted people. We do. Can I just be honest as your pastor for a minute? We have so many gifted people, but just having a gifting is not what will get you up here leading worship on a Sunday. Like, that's great. But listen, it's this first. It's this. Are you really worshiping or are you performing? Because this isn't a concert. It's not a concert. It's not a concert. It's, it's only for the Lord. And if he's happy with it, we're happy with it. Here's one of the reasons why spontaneous songs are so powerful, dude. I'm talking powerful. Is because that is the type of songs that God says in his word that he inhabits. God says in the word, he said, if you'll sing a new song unto me, I'll sit down on it. So this comes from Psalm chapter 22, which is the chapter of the Bible that Jesus quoted on the cross. So in Psalm chapter 22, verse 3, the Bible says in the ESV, yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. If you, if you read in the King James, it says that God inhabits, that's our word for the year, amen, in inhabitation, that God inhabits the praises of his people. He inhabits it. That, that is so powerful because that word right there, praise, you know what it is in the Hebrew? It's the word called tahilah. Everybody say tahilah. If you've heard messages on worship before, you've probably heard that term. But tehillah is the term for the new song. Tehillah praise is spontaneous praise. Tehillah praise is unwritten, unrehearsed, just, it's just raw, real, open praise. That's what tehillah is. So whenever God speaks to us through the Bible and says, your praise... Your tehillah, your spontaneous song, your new song, when you sing that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to inhabit that and I'm going to sit down and be enthroned upon it. Now, that is a very powerful weapon that the Lord has just placed in your hand. Because you have the capacity within your natural faculty to decide that you are going to begin to sing unto the Lord a new song. And he says, if you'll do it, he can't stay away from it. So when you just start to sing out your own song, you're just making up a song. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter how good it sounds. You're just singing a song that's pure and that's real and that's honest. God says, if you'll do that, I will inhabit that area. That's why we feel the shift in the atmosphere when somebody starts to sing spontaneously and it's honest. And it's real. It's like, because the Lord can't stay away. And not only does he inhabit it, but the Bible says that he's enthroned upon it, meaning he establishes his supreme reign in any environment in which Tehillah praise is going forth. So the atmosphere shifts and then God brings his supremacy into that environment and begins to rule and reign in that atmosphere. So tell me what demon can stand in the face of spontaneous high praise. Because as you begin to sing before the Lord with authenticity, he says, I'm going to sit down on that praise and I will reign. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. What circumstance 
will not be altered when you begin to give God your pure song. You want to see darkness flee? Just start singing before the Lord. I'm telling you. I'm telling you the truth. Uh, a friend of mine, Nate Edwardson, who preached here like a couple of months ago. You guys remember Pastor Nate from uh, Stirring Church? Um, he, he texted me this past week. He said, man, he said, I, I was just praying for you this morning. Which, you know, he doesn't normally text me like weekly or anything. He's like, man, I was just praying for you this morning. I saw this picture of you. And you were just, you were just on the ground. You are just worshiping. And, uh, and he was like, there were people around and stuff. But you were just, you were just laid on the ground worshiping. And... And I heard a phrase, and I wanted to tell it to you that, that there's healing in his presence. There's healing in his presence. And I remember he, he had sent it to me in a voice memo, and I remember listening to it. And you know how sometimes when, uh, just like a spontaneous song, there's a prophetic word that when you hear it, it touches you in the spirit, and it's like the atmosphere shifts. You're like, whoa, glory goosebumps. You know what I mean? It's like even your flesh responds, right, to something happening in the spirit. And I was like, whoa. I was like, I mean, you wouldn't think that's very impressive, but like a picture of just being laid out before the Lord in worship, in God's presence. And I said to the Lord when I heard that voice, I said, I want to live for that. Like, I want my whole life to be a sequence of moments of worship. Like, that's what I thought. I was in the car. I was by myself. I said, that right there is what I'm going to be thinking about on my deathbed. I'm going to be thinking about the moments. I'm going to be thinking about the sacred moments that I was real, raw, and authentic before you in worship in this life. I'm going to think about all of those moments. Like, that's what's going to matter. Of course, my family. Of course, my wife. Of course, my kids. But ultimately, I believe, like, right before we pass on into glory, we're going to think about all of the opportunities that we had to spend time with Jesus in reality on this side of eternity. And I'm like, Lord, that right there is how I want my lifestyle to be. I just want a stream of brokenness in your glory. I just want a stream of sacred moments in your presence. Like, who cares what everybody expects from me? Like, if I'm worshiping, I'm meeting your expectations. Like, that's what I want. And, and he said, hey, I, don't, I just keep hearing there's healing in the presence. There's healing in the presence. I just keep hearing that. And I'm like, yes, that's why the pools of Bethesda for physical healing will happen in this house. Because we're going to worship through the new song. We're going to worship authentically. And in worship, people are going to get healed supernaturally. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. I, I have a friend, William McDowell in Orlando. And more healing, supernatural, physical miracles happen in worship than at any other point in time during their services. And they pray for the sick. Like, they go after it. They lay hands like the Bible teaches. But most of the testimonies that take place in there are testimonies of healing in people's bodies during the worship. Like, nobody's even talking to them. Nobody's... Nobody's praying for them. Nobody has a word of knowledge. Like, God's about to heal somebody. It's like, you just get healed. You know why? Because when we start to worship the Lord spontaneously, when we start to bring high praise, when we start to sing that new song, what does he do? He inhabits that place. Is there not healing in, the, in, in his wings? Is there not, not healing in his presence, right? He inhabits those places. And then what does he do? He sits down. That means he reigns supreme. Hey, you, cancer, out. Right? Sickness, get out of here. You don't have no place in my presence. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no cancer in heaven. There's no depression in heaven. And nobody up there depressed. Get out. Out. Right? You start to see that happen in his presence. And, And I know, listen, even when we did like the Legacy Weekend thing we did here in February... I'm getting off track. I got to get back to the notes. But like when we did the Legacy Weekend thing, like it's great because this is my home church, right? Like I'm accountable to you. I'm accountable to the Lord. I want to honor you. I want to honor the Lord, right? Um, But at my home church, I feel at home. So I'm like, I kind of do what I want and I'm comfortable. You know what I mean? Like feel safe. I'm not, I'm not being too crazy, but you know what I mean? Um, but sometimes when I'm preaching out, I get the opportunity to do that sometimes. And I can feel the room saying, just hurry up and preach. Just hurry up, just get, get it going, dude. Say something. You're not saying anything. Because, you know, you guys know my spiritual mom, Heidi Baker, she'll be here at Presence People also. She will not preach for an hour sometimes. She'll just lay on the ground and make joyful noises. 
Oh, Lord, you're worthy. <laughs> She'll do that. Spontaneous. Sing out in tongues. You are so holy. We love you. It doesn't, you know, there's just no, there's no, there's, the tone's probably wrong. The melody probably doesn't make sense. There's no harmony. Nobody knows where they're going. The musicians can't follow her. But she doesn't care. Because the, the goal is we want to delight Jesus. And, so, and, 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 you know, here it's, for the most part, it's pretty easy. Because you guys all know me, so you feel comfortable with the things that I do. But whenever I go out to preach other places, I can feel it. They're like, dude, hurry up. Get to your notes, dude. What do you do? What are you preaching on? You're not saying anything. You're just up here worshiping. Why are you doing that? Why are you praying like that? Why are you worshiping? Why are you singing like you can't even sing good? But I remember her teaching us when I was in Africa with her, like, hey, just be presence preachers. Just be presence preachers. Because while people may be temporarily impressed with your notes and quotes, nobody's getting healed because of your fancy tweets. Nobody's getting healed. Nobody's life is being transformed. Nobody's coming off of drugs because you made an excellent Facebook post. Like, nobody cares. You have to have access to something greater, to a supernatural reality, to a realm with more authority. And that doesn't come simply by being all fancy in the way that you approach the Lord. Like, oh, I'm going to be all posh. I'm going to have it all together. I want to make sure that I look anointed without actually going in. So as presence people, like I, I thankfully, Allison and I get the privilege of having the authority to speak this over this house. Like that's who we are, church. We don't care what it looks like to other people. We are going to go after God to give them all the glory that we possibly can in this life. And we're going to be as dependent as we possibly can on his Holy Spirit. And as long as he is pleased, we don't care who we offend. All right. We're not trying to offend anybody. We're just sharing the Bible. The Bible's offensive enough. God wants this. It, it, it's clear in, in, in the scriptures. God wants this. He wants to heal a praise. He wants new songs. He wants spontaneous songs. Back to Psalm chapter 40. He says, he has put to heal He has put spontaneous songs in my mouth. He's put supernatural songs in my mouth. A hymn of praise to our God. Why is spontaneous worship so powerful? Spontaneous worship is so good. Here's why. Because it's relational. Listen, honestly, whenever we see on a track, spontaneous, if it's a style, who cares? I'm I'm being honest. It's spontaneous. They wrote it in the moment. Well, have you ever heard Eminem freestyle? It's spontaneous. He's super good, but it ain't changing no atmospheres and nobody's getting healed in their body simply because he's freestyling. All right. When we think of spontaneous and we translate it as a genre, what you're saying is freestyle for you hip hop fans in here. Spontaneous is not freestyle. <laughs> this is, I think this is helping somebody. When we say spontaneous, we're not talking about freestyling. Oh, he's freestyling. Look at that. That's dope. Dude is so gifted. Who cares? I mean, it's nice when it's good, but it's like, it's, it's great. Here's why. Because it's relational. It's not good because it's a freestyle. It's good because it's relational. It's not good because it rhymed. It's good because it's relational. It's not, good, it's not good because they hit the right. It's good because it's relational, man. I'm telling you. Um, there, was a guy, there was a guy on YouTube. I cannot remember his name. I, I found him like maybe a year and a half, two years ago or something. And uh, some of you guys may have watched his videos. But he did a reaction video uh, to like a Hillsong song. Did you guys ever see it? Um, and he's, he wasn't a Christian. He was just like, I'm going to watch a Hillsong video and I'm just going to react to it. I'm going to film myself. Dude like breaks down, starts crying. You know, he's, he's like, what is this? Right. And so he's so touched by it that then he starts to do more reaction videos to worship songs. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but if you watch his reaction videos now to worship songs, he's a, 
He's a professional musician. So he, he's like breaking down. Oh, the guitarist is doing that. The drummer's doing, whoa, did you, did you see that? It's up and down. It's amazing. You know, that's how he started. Now, whenever he reacts to worship songs, he just cries to the whole thing. And he's saved now. He's literally saved now. So the dude got saved. Because he's like, oh, wow, wow, they're so good. Hillsong's so good. He's just, at first, he's just engaging their talent. And then as time goes along, he's like, who are they singing about? Because I listen to these songs and I'm different afterwards. Why? Because you're giving people the opportunity and the invitation to be a part of your intimacy. Whenever you're leading in ministry, you're inviting others into your intimacy. Truly. That's what's happening. And God wants relational worship. God wants relational worship. He wants relational songs. Once again, this is why it's my opinion that this is the kind of worship that God really likes. And it's because it's relational. It's honest. There is nothing wrong with rehearsed worship. I want to say there is nothing wrong with rehearsed worship. Nothing in the world wrong with it. Worship leaders should come with songs prepared in advance to lead worship. I believe that wholeheartedly. However, we would never think to come too prepared in advance to have a conversation with your spouse. Like, what if I went out to dinner and I was like... Point one. I really love you. Oh, I really love you. Point two. You see what I'm saying? There would come a point where she'd be like, what the heck is this, bro? You know what I mean? There need, there's a little bit more freedom. I'm not coming that prepared. But like my wife said in the first service, I still make a reservation. There's still preparation that comes in advance. But what I'm doing is I'm setting myself up for the opportunity to go in many different directions. I'm not just aimlessly trying to figure out how to lead people into the presence of God. We're coming prepared. Why? Because we want to give God our best. Well, we want to prepare for spontaneous, yes, but not not preparing at all is not even preparing to give God your best. God, I want you to have the best. I want you to have relational worship. All right, a few more points and I'm finished. Uh, You just got to hear these scriptures, all right? Psalm 149 verse 6 says, Let the high praises, everybody say, Tehillah. Of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. Uh, What's God showing us? He's showing us the warring power of spontaneous songs. That's what he's saying. Look, let let the high praise. We think of high praise as like we got to be like jumping up and down. We got waving the flag. Yeah, it includes those expressions. But high praise starts with this. New songs. Tehillah, spontaneous, authentic, raw like, this is why you see in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 that King Jehoshaphat puts the singers and he has them sing a new song on the front lines of the army. He's like, no, no, I'm not even going to have, like, my archers on the front line. I'm not even going to have my foot soldiers on the front line. I'm not even going to have my swordsmen on the front line. I'm not even going to have the most skilled warriors on the front line. You know who I'm going to have on the front line when we go out to battle? I'm going to have the singers and I'm going to tell them to sing a new song. Don't just, don't sing an old song. No, no. Sing a new song. Don't just sing that scripted song. I want you to sing a new song. I want you to go before the Lord. I want you to go before the people of God. I want you to go before the army. And here's how we're going to defeat three different kings and three different armies. We're going to go in with praise, high praise, spontaneous new songs. And what happened? God overwhelmed the enemy forces. Victory. You want to see atmosphere shift in a different direction? Sing spontaneously. Listen, singing spontaneously is just a byproduct of being full of the Holy Spirit. I mean, singing new songs is just a byproduct of being full of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 5 real quick. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. But be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. I know some people read that and they just skip over that. Uh, you know, I'm not a musician. No, nope. according to the Bible, we're all musicians. 
Hymns and spiritual songs. You know what that word right there, spiritual songs, is in the Greek? It is ode pneumaticos. That's what, it, that's what it is. You know what ode is? An ode, we hear that, right? An ode, I want to sing an ode. You know what an ode, I mean, we don't hear that contemporarily. If you're watching like Shrek or something, you know. It's like, I'm going to sing an ode. It is a song, uh, by definition, um, it is a song that is unrehearsed. It's a chant or a song that is unrehearsed. And unwritten in nature. That's what an ode is. And then pneumaticos is of the Holy Spirit. Pneuma means breath or spirit. So it's literally a song or a chant of an unrehearsed nature that's inspired by the Spirit that's sung unto the Lord. That's literally what it is. That's what it is. So it's like whenever Paul says, hey, I want you guys to start making spiritual songs. He's like, I want you to do some ode pneumaticos. I want you to be inspired by the Holy Spirit to sing unrehearsed songs as worship unto the Lord. Make melodies, sing with your whole heart unto the Lord. Do it with psalms, do it with hymns, speak to one another. Be filled with the Spirit. And Jesus actually prophesied that this would be the case whenever he said, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Listen, the Holy Spirit is a singing spirit. And being filled with the Holy Spirit is being filled with song. It's a very powerful principle for us to understand as presence people. And I want you to know, if you will participate in singing your song to the Lord, I can promise you this. The atmosphere in this building will be different moving forward. It will be. I'm telling you the truth, guys. It will be different. Your spontaneous song might just be what stirs the pool in such a way that awakens the rest of the room to sing theirs. That awakens what God wants to do in our midst and brings healing to people. Listen, we're all participating as kingdom, holy, priest, musicians. All right? So I just want to give a few moments here as we're closing for you guys to have an opportunity to activate what we've been teaching and talking about it today talking about today so i asked you know the whole worship team i said hey you guys just come back and for five minutes all right for five minutes before you go get your kids and before you go to grab lunch if you're eating for those of you who are fasting you're like shoot i can go all day i ain't got nothing to do in fact the more worship the better then it distracts me from the fact that i'm hungry right be filled with the Spirit. If you're hungry, get full on the Spirit. Get full on the bread of life in Jesus and in His Word. And so right now, guys, I'm just going to invite you, please, to stand up. Maybe it'll start out as a whisper for you, and that's fine. But however you might begin to lift your voice, it doesn't have to be uh, even a word. It can just be a noise like we talked about. Yeah, just sing out a new song before the Lord. Just sing out a new song before the Lord. Just lay embarrassment to the side for a moment. Just let the pride fall down through the floor for a moment. Just tilt your head up toward the Lord. You can close your eyes and just open your lips and just begin to allow your spirit to realize its own song and sing it out loud in adoration unto Jesus. Sing out in the spirit if you want to. You can sing out words. As we sing, the atmosphere is shifting. As we sing, the atmosphere is shifting. God is inhabiting the praises of His people. The King of Kings is sitting down upon the praises of His people. Come on, let's sing it a little bit louder, church. Come on, let's lift our voices. Come on, all of us, as one, let's lift our voices.
in the midst of a season where we're hearing this phrase, new normal, new normal, new normal, new normal. I just want to say like, hey, look, this is our new normal. Like as a church, as a body, as a family, let, let this month as we talk about worship, let it become a new normal to where spontaneous singing is just normal and not because it's spontaneous, but because it's relational. Making melodies before the Lord on the back row, the same as the front row is the new normal. Not because we're extroverted, but because we're biblical. Let prophesying through the instruments become our new normal. Not because we're talented or we're trying to have a solo show-off moment, but because we want to bring the melodies to the Lord that He wants to hear on this day. Because this is a day we're never going to get back to give God the glory that He deserves from this day. So we bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. And we declare this is a new normal in Jesus' name. Will you agree with that? We say yes and amen. Yes and amen. This is a new normal. Can we just bless the Lord once more with a big hand clap of praise? Just bless the Lord. Thanks for tuning in to the Legacy Nashville podcast. If you'd like to support the ministry, you can do so at LegacyNashville.org forward slash give. If you're listening on iTunes, log into the store and give us a good rating and review. This helps our podcast reach new people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Until next week, love God, love people, and go change the world.